Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4. Thank you so much, worship team. Acts chapter 4. Verse 18. The context is Peter and John have been in prison for a miracle. And they're standing before the religious leaders. And they're being called in. Again, so they called them, verse 18, and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. Verse 21 So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. But the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Verse 23, and letting them go, they went to their own companions and reporting all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. I want you to say that. Lord, you are God who made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and their rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Notice how the word's preached, through signs and wonders. Let me talk about using words, really. Verse 31, and when they prayed, and they were all assembled together, was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Father, tonight, move in power in this last service of 2020. I think back, God, of the, I don't know how many services we have. If we count ETS, it's hundreds. Hundreds of services we had. Hundreds of times your words come before your people. And now on this last time here, as it comes to a close, going into 2021 for the nation, as we are just about the last state where the new year comes. We declare the blessing of God. We declare the goodness of the Lord. And we thank you for what you did throughout 2020. We don't understand it all. While some people died and went to heaven, other people people remained and were healed. The miracles, the signs and wonders. We trust your goodness. We trust your leadership. Speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What a passage of Scripture, and there's a lot of different ways I could take this. And even as I was reading it, I've probably read it, I don't know, maybe a hundred times I've read it. I've read this since I was saved. And even now as I'm reading it, God's speaking something brand new to me that I didn't even see during my time of study. The Word of God is infinitely deep, and it's uh, ever-unfolding. And um, it's worthy to give your life to study it. The Apostle Paul did that, and in his closing years, he asked for the scrolls. Bring me the scrolls. He knew he was going to die. He served God with all his heart, ran his race as we just preached. And in his final, his final days of life, he asked for the scrolls. He asked for the Bible. He asked for the Word of God. 
something that he had studied his whole life. Give your life to study the word because it changes you. It marks you. Our nation has thrown out the word, much of our nation. Well, we're fixing to change that. Come on, somebody say amen. In Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 8, it says, who, who has heard of such things? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? And the answer to that question is yes. And in actual fact, I believe that's a prophetic word over Israel. On May 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation in one day. And it astounded people. It blew people's minds. And biblical scholars couldn't fathom what had actually taken place. My great-grandfather was a, a worship leader and uh, an organ player and a hymn writer and from England. When he saw that that was going to take place, he went to Israel and was there when it was, became a nation, along with others that, that just knew what a historic moment it was. The birthing of our nation founded really on the Word of God. You go all the way back to the Puritans and the different ones that came, the pilgrims that came. Our nation needs to return to the Word. Well, it's not a perfect nation, but I've traveled a little bit, and it is a, it's a great nation. What makes our nation great is God. And there's been a lot of problems, slavery. There's been a lot of issues and challenges and racism and wars and a tremendous amount of greed, tremendous amount of perversion. I have set the course of my life to see a great awakening take place. In, I'm not here just to like play some patty cake for Jesus. I'm sowing my whole life into the vision of kings Alaska and beyond, the vision of kings around the world. 324 churches now. and As of midnight, we're taking over and going to help Seattle. I want you to begin to pray for Seattle. We have a building there, a small uh, a congregation of Pacific Islanders there and some Marshallese. There's no, there's no uh, regular Caucasian folks there. We're very grateful for the Marshallese, very grateful for the Polynesians. We have a building. We need a pasture. We need lots of things. I just have faith. We don't have the pasture. We don't have, any, we don't, we don't have all the stuff we need. I just got faith. Somebody say, touch Seattle. God knows, God knows they need a move of God. You remember the chop zone, don't you? Jesus, help us. Lord, intervene in Seattle. S.D. Gordon, a great scholar, said this. You can do more than pray after you've prayed. But you can't do more than pray until you have prayed. Let me, let me say that again. You can do more than pray after you have prayed. But you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Prayer is striking the winning blow. Service is gathering up the results. I love that. Prayer. I want to talk to you tonight in the last service of 2020. Praying through for our nation. Praying through for our nation. Now when I say nation, our nations are made of families. Come on, you have a family. And if you don't, well, welcome to Kings. We'll be your family. Praying through for our nation. Praying through for our state. Praying through for our families. Praying through for individuals. Praying through for the nations of the world. Can you say yes? So this text, we're going to look at, we're going to look at this text and some others. And from it, going to draw forth some truth. And out of that, Apply those truths to our lives. We'll close this service uh, in prayer. We'll be praying in as it rings a new year, and we'll scream and shout and go home and go to bed. Praise God. You know, I, uh, I, if you've been here for any length of time, you've noticed recently I, I talked about, I work out a little bit, all right, more than a little, and... Uh, the Lord spoke to me to change what I was doing and to come alongside my son and to train with him, doing this vertical training for basketball. And it's been quite an adjustment for me. Um, 
uh, I've just, I don't know, I, I think there's times where I'm noticing I, I might be just a little bit slower than I used to be. And so one of the things that we're doing, I mean, it's all this technical jumping, and I'm improving my vertical, Pastor Vince. I just want you to know that. I'll be a 54-year-old guy that can dunk. I'm going to get there in Jesus' name. Anyway, we were sprinting. We were doing sprints. And, um, you know, I enjoy beating my son. So uh, the only problem was, I don't know where he's at. He's somewhere around here. Only problem was my body was not used to sprinting. And my calf, my calf, uh, my calf, my, I had a blowout. And I had to stop, and, uh, and he finished, and I coached him and pushed him and everything, but I had a problem. And I realized, man, I'm, I'm not the sprinter I used to be. I don't have the kind of physical strength in sprinting that I used to have because I just need, I'm not quite in shape anymore that way, that way. How strong are you? I mean, how strong are, what do you mean, not strong? Physical strong? No, I'm not talking about physical strength. The, the, the Apostle Paul says that physical exercise is of some value. Godliness is of value all things. How strong are you really? Spiritually, how strong are you? How strong are you? I mean, what would you do if they really came and cracked down, shut down the church completely? I'm just going to tell you something. I'm not doing that. I'm just not going to do that. They have the black plague, they have black plague or something come through. I'm not closing. I'm just, I'm not. And I know I've, st I've stumbled on some controver controversial stuff, but uh, welcome to Kings. I thought they're not supposed to be political in the pulpit. Well, we don't pay any attention to that. Going to stand on God's word. And, and, and really this text, and I'm not going to preach a whole bunch about it, but it said, far be it for us to obey you rather than God. We cannot help but testify about what we've seen and heard. Come on, God is the head of the church. And the, we are an essential business and we will ever remain that way. I will preach, pray, and prophesy if it's to two or three people or just me and my, my wife, my kids. We're going to go for it. Come on, somebody say amen. The, the nation needs a church to wake up. Can you say yes? And I believe the reason we're in such difficulty is the church has been asleep. It's time to fight. When you're threatened, what do you do? Change our nation and change our state. We've got to learn to pray through. So let me give you some Old, Old Testament examples, and I, I want you to look at some of these. The dedication of the temple in 2 Kings chapter, pardon me, 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Solomon prays, and the power of God, the presence of God, the cloud of the glory of God descends in the temple at the dedication of the temple. And the cloud is there in such a way that the priests could not stand to minister. Somebody asked me, hey, I was at church and I, I saw when people get prayed for that sometimes they, they, they lie down on the ground or something happens. I don't know what happens. What's that all about? Is that scriptural? Well, well it is a scriptural thing. And you'll see it there. You'll, you'll see it in other places when Jesus said, I am he, and they all fell to the ground. You know, sometimes you might get touched by the Lord where your body just can't take it. But it's not a prerequisite for being. You don't have to fall down, please. Please. So he prays, and the cloud fills the place so much so that the priests can't stand. So are they laying down? Maybe. We don't know if they're laying down. I don't know if they're kneeling, but they can't do their priestly stuff anymore. And it came from a prayer. And if you, it, it came from a prayer meeting. And if you look at how prayer, how, and what he said about prayer, when, you're, when are, your people are in trouble, if they're turned towards this place and they'll pray, come, come on, Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and fast and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. It's, it's one of the great scriptures that's used now for intercessory prayer. It's so very important. Can a nation be changed in a day? Yes. How? You just get enough people praying and agreeing and it'll change. God will change them. God will change the nation. God will intervene. God will expose corruption. I saw some videos and different things that I were, if I was a fearful man, I think I might have been given to some fear. You start putting things together about government and the economy and how it's moving towards 
a cashless society, and then you start putting things together with following the money and and uh, and and COVID and pandemics and and population control, and you start going through the whole thing with, man, I'm gonna get myself in trouble if I go much further than that. But I'm already in trouble. I could give a flip. I really could. I, I'm, I just, listen, I want to tell you something. You better draw close to Jesus right now. You better draw really close to God because this could be the very last year you're in the earth. Now, I, I got a word from the Lord. We're going to finish our building and have a great harvest. So I, I really honestly, somebody said, I just want Jesus to come back right now. Right now. I don't want him to come back right now. I feel like a teenager. I feel like I just got started. Man, I want to put some points on the board. I want to get some people saved. I want to see the power God put on display. There's too many people headed to hell. There's too many people that don't know that Jesus has saved me. He can heal you. He can save you. He can free you. He can take away your broken heart. He can touch your marriage. He can bring in your wayward children. He can provide for you. He can take away the anxiety. He can heal you from addiction oh he's on the throne and he's defeated hell death on the grave I am going to declare it I'm going to shout it from the rooftop until he comes and so I just don't feel like we even got started yet prayer is the backbone of every single outpouring everyone Go to 2 Chronicles, or Chronicles, depending upon where you come from in this great nation of ours. 20. This is Jehoshaphat. Israel is facing impossible odds. I mean, there is no way in the natural they were able to win. It's impossible. Anybody ever felt like that? I have, even last week. Look at verse 3. Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed to fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered to ask help of the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Wow. That's what we're moving into now, and that's what I believe America needs to do now. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, Oh, Lord, what a prayer this is. What a prayer this is. Watch this. Oh, Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God of heaven, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? With your hand, is there not power and might so that no one will be able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster, and this is a quote now from the dedication of Solomon right here. This is a quote from the prayer of Solomon at the dedication of the temple. That's why it's verse 9. It's in quotations. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, famine. That is what we have going on right now. That's what we have going on right now. That's exactly what we have. We've got riots. I mean, I saw, I saw some footage of a, a man and his mother, an old, old, older lady in a car, and they were absolutely being pummeled by people in the street. In their car. Their car was just being pressed. Somebody got arrested. But, I mean, there's so much violence. Pestilence. It's COVID 19's a pestilence. Now it's mutating or whatever. It can mutate, mutate straight to hell. I blow you away. I just, I just wanted to do. I, I just wanted to do that. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, you social media people know what I'm talking about. Okay, but we do have power and authority. Famine will stand before you this temple in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now here are your people of here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. 
and they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming out to throw out your possession from which you give to you an inheritance. Verse 12, oh, our God, will you not judge them? Come on, won't you say that? Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. What can you do about the election? Not a thing except pray. And that really is everything. What can you do about COVID-19? You can pray, you can fast, and I'm telling you, it's more powerful than you could possibly know. The, the Western science, the scientific method, has got people to dumb themselves down to think that if you can't figure it out or bring it to an equation, that it doesn't have any power. I'm telling you, God's got, God created it all, and one day God's going to gonna sew it all up and it'll be finished. If we'll cry out to God and pray, God will intervene. I'm not talking about Republican or Democrat or Independent. They're all corrupt. They're all corrupt. I've decided they're all broken. Oh, come on, lift your hands to heaven and cry out for God's intervention in our nation and your family in the nation. God, intervene. For your name's sake, God, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say amen. Will you not judge them? We have no power against this great multitude that are coming up against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Come on, say that. My eyes are upon you. He goes on to say, verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord came upon this prophet and he begins to prophesy and he tells him, don't be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's. If you stay on the side of God, then everything's going to be okay. If you don't stay on the side of God, it's not going to be okay. Oh, it's all good, bro. It's all good. No, actually, it isn't. <laughs> Prayer changed things. Now, you could go and read this. They get this ridiculous, in the natural, insane strategy. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Chronicles 20, 20. So they rose early in the morning, went out to the wilderness, to Tekoa. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. That is a scripture that I have stood on for our own building project, for my family, for for, for my unsaved family, now now they're getting saved. Come on, God, God will intervene. And when it looks impossible, if you'll just believe the word of the Lord, that's what faith is. And you go read the rest of the story with your children and tell them what happened. God sent ambushments. He sent worshipers out there. Oh, we're going to battle. Just send the worship team. Where's Brother Toby? Just take your team. Just go out there. Make sure your clothes are matching and everything and worship Jesus out there. Make sure you smile and this stuff. And God wiped out. God wiped them out. In the book of Daniel chapter 10, which I'll be preaching from most likely this weekend, at some point you'll see that God intervened because Daniel prayed and gave him revelation that's pertinent today, right now. Book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. The New Testament, there's examples of how they prayed. Of course, that's our main text, the New Testament, Acts 4. But in Luke 22, and, and this is worth writing down, Luke 22, verse 31 and 32, Jesus says to Peter, to who? Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. There's a number of things I like about that. First of all, Satan asked. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Dad, can I borrow your truck? Um, no. Okay, yeah, okay. Satan asked. I love that. Am I, I'm going to go encourage myself. Amen. That's awesome. Because that means that Satan's not all powerful. That means that he's not in control. Come on, that means that he's not in control. When the... That's a good rooster right there. That's because I live with them in Hawaii. They taught me how. When the rooster crowed, it meant God's still in control over all of creation and everything that's happening. And even though that, that Peter was sifted, 
Satan had to ask. But here's the thing. Satan asked because Satan had rights to him, and there were certain things, and the key is, and Dr. Morocco preaches this great message about, about Peter and being sifted. Simon Simon, that's not his name. That's his old name. That's the name of who he used to be before he was born again, if I could just say it that way. When Jesus said, your name is now Peter, you're the rock. Well, he wasn't very rock-like at certain times. He was filled with pride. There's certain aspects that he had that made him a candidate for sifting. And this, this, you know, sin will pull you out from under the hand of God. Pride. He had a pride problem. How many, ever, how many of you struggle with pride? Especially lately, I've just been getting the beat down. Anybody else? <laughs> Lord, help us. <laughs> oh, my. But I've prayed for you, says Jesus. But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not, might not fail. Peter was acting like a Simon, which made him a candidate for sifting. How many of you ever sift flour before? Satan had access to him because of his sin, but because Jesus prayed, he didn't utterly fail. Oh, he rejected the Lord, but I mean like utterly fail means you turn and never serve the Lord. Some of you have tripped, some of you have fallen, some of you have rejected him, but you're here tonight. That's not, that's not, that's not failing, not really. Not really. That's stumbling, that's messing up. Maybe it's turning your back for a year or two or three. You come back to the Lord. Praise God. I don't suggest it. It's painful. It's painful for Peter. But I have prayed for you. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes families. Prayer changes nations. Prayer changes states. Prayer changes churches. Acts 12, verse 5. So Peter's kept in prison, verse 6. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So Peter's in prison, and the church is praying. And you know what happens? A heavenly, an angel comes and breaks him out, kicks him by the side and wakes him up. He's going to die the next day, but he's not afraid. Why not? Because he was tired and he knew that God was in control. I love that. I think, I'd imagine with this giant beard, which I was trying to grow, but recently just shaved it off and very beneficial for my marriage. <laughs> and I can imagine him with this giant beard and just a <laughs> sleeping away and the angel's like, Peter, dude, bah, it says he strikes him. I don't want to like, get him kicked by an angel because you don't even wait. You don't even wake up. You're like, what? Oh, oh, it's an angel. And the angel breaks him out. Why did the angel come? The angel come because the church was praying. Why did God, why did God break him out? Because he was Peter. He was, he was the, the, the rock. He was the lead apostle at that time. Prayer. Come on, someone say prayer. Acts 16, 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to him. And you can read the rest of that text. But there came an earthquake. There came a shaking where all the prison doors were thrown open. All the chains left everybody, even the people that were watching. Unbelievers were set free. I believe it's unbelievers. Other prisoners like, these guys are pretty good, bro. And then, ching, they get set free. What does it mean to pray in such a way that you see or that you have the prophetic word come like Jehoshaphat. Or that an angel is released and then you have the plan in Daniel chapter 10. What does it mean to pray in such a way that you have results that change your family, that change your heart, that, that change the church, that change your trajectory of someone's purpose and calling, that rescue a Peter who's become a Simon? What is, what is a, that kind of prayer life like? Because I'm convinced that most, most of us, and I, I, I can't say that I've laid hold of it. This I can say with confidence before the Lord. It might sound like arrogance. I think it would be arrogance to say, oh, I've figured it out, because I haven't. But I've been cornered enough times. Do you know what I mean by cornered? 
Like you're in the corner, you're on the ropes, you're dead meat. If God doesn't come for you, you're going to be an utter embarrassment. You're going to fail, you're going to die, your kid's going to die, your wife's going to die. Something's, something, something is going to be horribly wrong and you're on, I've been on the ropes before. I've been on the ropes before and by the grace, miracle working of God, I have seen displays of his power that have changed my life. Now, for whatever reason, call it the fault, my own fallenness or my own laziness, there's times where I just sort of go through the motion of praying. And I'm praying, and I pray every day, and I pray without ceasing, and I abide with Him. I'm not knocking that, and I'm not under condemnation. I just know that when I get cornered and I get ticked off in God, that's a totally different kind of prayer. You know, I'm just telling you, when, when, you, when someone knows God and they, they know his word and they have a word from God and that person gets cornered and they break like an alabaster box before the, before the throne and they don't get up until Jesus comes, that is a different kind of prayer. That kind of prayer, that's a, that's a New Testament kind of prayer. I think that's the kind of prayer that maybe Jehoshaphat and all of those guys were like, I mean, just look at all the chariots and look at them, we're, we're, we're toast. Come on, people, circle the wagons and begin to pray. It was different than, now I may be down to sleep. I pray to your Lord, my soul to keep. If I die before you, ah, ah. That's not that kind of prayer. No, there's a travail, there's a birthing, there's a perseverance that won't shut up, won't let up, won't do some smooth need, apathetic thing, but will fight until it's birthed. You pray like that, Pastor? Unfortunately, only when I'm cornered. I'm feeling a little cornered right now. Are you? My God, what's, what's going on in our country? I'm not just going to whistle Dixie while we go over the stinking waterfalls. Or like an ostrich would stick his head in the sand. Just pretend it's not there. We did, I think the church did that for, for 40 years. What does it mean to pray like Daniel, pray like Elijah? Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed and the heavens were shut up. Come on, someone say shut up. Shut up for three and a half years. And again, at the word of the Lord, he prayed again and the heavens were open. Come on, say open. Open. So James says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Come on, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous brings about much change. We are seeing change take place. But oh, there's so much more. Everybody say perseverance. It means to persevere. When you get a word from God, you don't let up, you don't shut up, you don't stop until it happens. You stand in the face of great opposition. And we've seen that as a church over these 40 plus years. Come on, somebody say, I'm, I'm a persevere. Luke 18 and 1, Jesus told the, the disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Everybody say, I'm never going to give up. What does it mean to pray like that, to pray like Daniel, to pray like Elijah, to pray like James said we could, to pray like Solomon and the power of God came down and Solomon didn't do so good in the end. But what does it mean to pray like that, to pray like Jesus prayed and Simon is spared from really falling away and he becomes really a Peter? What does it mean to pray like that? I'm telling you, there's Simons out there that are looking, looking to become Peters, but without someone that would partner in prayer, it's not going to happen. There's, there's Saul's out there that are three days blind looking for an Ananias that would come. An Ananias that would then hear God's voice to say, go and pray for this man named Saul. He's a chosen Gentile of mine. I want to be like that. Anybody else want to be like that? I want to be used by God like that. It means overcoming your flesh. It means overcoming the world. It means overcoming the devil. Means you got to go overcome all of that stuff. I think I told you that I became a sugar cookie. I think I was transfigured into a sugar cookie, transformed to a human sugar cookie. I've just come back, and I ate so many sugar cookies. I went from two eighteen to two forty five for Christmas. I got a scripture for that. It's Isaiah 10, 27. And you've grown so fat 
that the yoke has been destroyed. <laughs> and as I've come out of that, but I've, find, I've found as I caved into my flesh and enjoyed it, it was fine. It's not fine anymore. The Lord said, you're done. Plus, I don't have any more clothes to wear. So <laughs> I, walk past, I walk past things that have sugar on. They talk to me. <laughs> hey, what's up, bro? I'm like, I'll bind you right now. I swear, I think sugar has a spirit. I swear. I told you, I told you sugar's a devil. I told you. I know. The flesh is way stronger than you think. And it'll fool you. You got to overcome your flesh. You, you, you got to overcome the world that tells you, listen, you don't, you listen, just work harder, will you? Get a better job. Get better education. You just need, you need, you need a little bit more connection. Just, come on, come on. That, that's the world. No, prayer is the key thing. You're going to have to overcome your flesh. You've got to overcome the world. You've got to overcome the devil. I'm almost done. Insights on how to, how to get prayer breakthrough for our nation, for your family, for the state. Well, you've got to get desperate. And we're so distracted. I, I, I've said this before. I've had people tell me, a preacher told me, you know what, there's not too many manifestation of devils in Western churches anymore. I said, well, I don't know about that. And he said, no, no, not like it used to be. I said, oh, yeah? He said, yeah, he's an older guy. I said, oh. I said, why do you think that is? He says, oh, yeah, because they got cell phones now. They're just manifesting on their phone right there, just distracted. Okay, you might get that on the way home. All of these men, all of the women of God in Scripture that brought about great change were desperate. And I, th I don't think we're desperate. I think we have moments of desperation. But I do believe that there are some things that are coming that are going to make you desperate. When that hour comes... You turn to the one who can bring you deliverance. And you cry out. Prayer will make the difference. But I, I'd encourage you to develop a discipline of crying out now. They prayed together in agreement there in Acts 4. Agreement. They prayed with the right concept of God. He's the creator. He's the God who speaks. He's the God who shapes history. Uh, what our friend um, Lou Engel says that history belongs to the intercessors. History books are waiting to be written about a people who will pray and do great exploits for God. Not about a bunch of greedy politicians and business people that are trying to corner everything and make everybody slaves. You missed a great place to say amen. They prayed specifically. They prayed the will of God. They prayed in faith. They prayed in the midst of threats. When you're threatened, have a prayer meeting. When you're anxious, have a prayer meeting. When you need breakthrough, have a prayer meeting. Be convinced of the efficacy of prayer. Be convinced of the miracle power of prayer. Somebody said, can you teach me to pray? I mean, Jesus' disciples said, teach us to pray. Why would they say that? Because the guy prayed so much. If the Son of God prayed as much as he did, so much that the disciples were like, man, he does a lot of that. Can you, tell, can you teach us to do what you're doing? Because these miracles are cool. And he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he gives them this pattern of prayer. Prayer's got to be the paramount, paramount thing in your life. Oh, it's uh, 1146. Keys, please. John Wesley said, God does nothing in the earth save an answer to believing prayer. That, that might cause you to lose a little bit of sleep or to put a governor on your slumber. I'm gonna take you to Psalm 8 and break that down. I just, I just don't have the time. I need to. I need to so that you understand theologically, theolog theology, study of God, so that you understand 
spiritual jurisdictions so you understand the blood. You understand why God needs you and me, if I could say it that way, to pray. And that through our prayerlessness, prayerlessness, we actually cripple the purposes of heaven. Now there's certain things that are going to happen whether we pray or not, like he's gonna come back. So you could backslide to hell right now and become a heroin addict, he's still coming. But there's also a way of behaving and things that we could do that actually quicken and hasten, says the New Testament, him to return. The spirit and the bride say come. The, 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 the spirit and the bride, the bride has made herself ready. There's, a, there's this communion. communion. We have a bilo, we are bilocational. Say that. We are bilocational. We're, we're in two places. Seated in heavenly places, yet we're here. I wish I had time to get into this. I don't, but I will get there. Because you need to understand, I've taught you before, to understand jurisdiction. God, God redeems somebody, saves them. They believe on the, on the blood. They repent. They're translated out of darkness into the kingdom of light. And then they become like an agent of heaven, an ambassador, a minister of reconciliation, that the power of God, the Holy Spirit can pray through you the perfect will of God, and then God can act and move in the earth. Without that happening, actually, I'm going to say that it limits him because he's limitless, but there's some truth to it. And I'll have to teach it to you later. You see it from the garden all the way through Old Testament on into the new. Prayer is important. I said prayer is important. How important is prayer in your life? Come on, won't you, won't you begin to pray? Won't you begin to pray right now? Just begin to pray for your loved ones. Pray for... Pray for your family. Pray for God's intervention. Pray for our nation, God. Our nation faces obstacles, Lord. Tremendous obstacles to the agenda of globalists. Seeing the book of Revelation come to pass, a one-world government and the mark and everything, it's all right there. All the technology, everything's right there, God. And we're not ignorant of the enemy's schemes. We're also not afraid for you placed us in time and in history right now to be the church, the ecclesia, the called out children of the light, the children of God, the redeemed of the Lord. Do you know there's great amount of martyrdom that's taking place all over the earth? Christians are being killed all over. You don't hear about it, but it's, it's true. genocide really in places and yet here in America we have coddled foul mouth college students that need cry rooms to comfort themselves when things don't go their way I'm just telling you we need an awakening man we need an awakening come on stand up on your feet and pray come on begin to pray begin to pray God we pray for your intervention tonight prayer God is a gift We pray for our nation. We ask, Lord, for you to establish righteousness in our land. For you to expose wickedness and evil. We pray, God, for the overthrowing of Roe versus Wade. We pray, God, for your intervention in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to pray. Come on, lift your voice. Got nine minutes, and then it's 2021. lift your voice God your intervention we pray tonight intervene in Alaska intervene in the US of A intervene in the nations let the nations plot in vain you've set your ruler you've set your king in Zion and he laughs God, I pray that a mighty wave of revival would penetrate the marketplace and the arts and music and education. God, raise up people to invade, Lord, politics, political halls. Raise up people, God, to invade media. Help us, Lord, to launch forth our children and to launch forth 
methods and systems by which we can win the lost. We would fight for the thoughts, the battle for the minds of a generation. And universities, God, we pray. Your intervention, Lord. Come on, just pray in the Spirit. Come on, Pastor Karen, take that microphone right there and lead us in prayer, whatever you want. Come on, pray. so thankful for the great privilege that we have to come before you as your church to pray. And Lord, we thank you for the different ones, your body, your church, all over our state and our nation that have a hunger and a revelation of prayer. But God, we're asking that you would move on the hearts of those in your church that are apathetic, Lord, lazy, those who don't see, God, what's going on. And we're asking now that you would wake people up pour out your spirit on all flesh not just your church but all flesh and we're asking pour out your spirit Lord all over pour out your spirit wake people up God we're asking for notable notable miracles and signs and wonders Lord that would make your name great that your name would be made famous all over our cities and our state oh God our nation draw the hearts of people to yourself we pray cause people to get hungry hungry not out of a place of emergency and desperation God but out of a true hunger and a desire to know you to know your goodness and your mercy God intervene wake your church up oh God we pray Jesus in your name we come against Lord the assignment of COVID-19 come on lift your voice and pray gonna morph and become something else and take another swipe in the name of Jesus we pray that that thing would wobble and disappear in the name of Jesus God intervene tonight intervene tonight we pray for divine healing and divine health in Jesus name Lord thank you thank you for the oil of your spirit thank you for signs wonders and miracles we pray for those who are battling cancer battling disease those who are in hospital beds even tonight God, your healing to be manifested and released in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Let's continue to pray. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost, won't you? Minister Kimmy, would you take that microphone? Come on, lift your voice and pray. Continue to pray right now. Lord, your word says in Joel chapter 2, it says in verse 12, this is what the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Father, we come before you and we pray. Let there be an attitude change in our hearts. God, let there be a rending of our hearts, O God. I pray in Jesus' name that you would turn the hearts of the leaders of this country. Lord, your word declares that a king's heart is like a water course in your hands. And Father, we pray right now, oh God, that you would turn the hearts of the kings in this land. For Lord, they have set themselves up as God, and they are not God. You are God alone. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for a shift a shifting to happen in our nation. I pray, O oh Lord, for justice and righteousness to prevail. For you are the God of righteousness. You are the God of justice. And we declare right now, your will be done in our nation. Father, we declare over these next weeks, we will rend our hearts. We will fast and pray. We will weep before you, O oh God. We will turn our hearts, O oh Lord, for you to turn our grandchildren. Oh God, I ask you right now for boldness, boldness to stand for the truth, Come on. boldness to preach the gospel, boldness to be a witness, oh God.
nation. Lord, use our children. Use our grandchildren in Jesus' name. Come on, continue to pray. Pastor Vince, lead us. Father, we just thank you, God. That, Lord, we're closer than when we first believed, God. That you're coming back, God. Hallelujah, that you will lead us and you will guide us, God. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Jesus' name, amen. Happy New Year, everybody. Glory to God. Woo! Bless you, bless you, bless you. We'll see you on the weekend, if not sooner. God is great. Thanks for turning out tonight. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.